Now we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1. And we're going to read some verses there in just a few moments. But I'm also, you know, I, I heard that Michael Beam is finished. Is that right? Finished. No, no, I, you're finished with school. Is that right? He's finished with school. Okay, I thank the Lord for this brother. And uh, God's blessed, and he's going to continue to bless the ministry. And uh, as well as for Rusty sitting over there. I appreciate Rusty as well. You pray for these young men as they serve God. It's important that we hold them up in prayer and uh, that uh, God would continually use them for his honor and his glory. We know many are familiar with the account surrounding the uh, birth of our Lord. And in the months preceding his birth, Mary felt great anxiety, I'm sure, as well as matchless wonder. She was a virgin. We're told this in the Word of God. She was a virgin, espoused to a man named Joseph, and yet she was with child. And the child within her womb was no ordinary child. He was the promised Messiah. And as difficult and as uncertain as these days were for Mary, she rejoiced because of what the Lord had done. She said this, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Now, some years ago, back in 19, uh, I, was a, I was a young pastor and uh, pastoring a small church. And uh, I was contacted by a young evangelist and a young singer. They were going around churches, serving there and, and uh, ministering to the people of these churches. And so they came to our church. And uh, uh, with, as with many small churches, young churches, we did not have a lot of money. So these young men, they were put up in my home. In other words, they stayed with me. And uh, the evangelist, he pulled rank on the singer and the evangelist got a bedroom. Well, the singer, he went to the couch in my living room. And uh, it was a wondrous time for him because uh, as I came down one, one day and came down the stairs and behind me was my little dog uh, lady. And we walked in and I know the man was enjoying himself asleep because he was snoring quite loud. Well, he was there and, and uh, now my dog loved this singer. And my dog went over to the singer and laid a big slopping kiss on him. <laughs> and now I've been accused of being the instigator of that. I will neither deny or admit it, okay? But that singer, he sung the word of God. He used the word of God. And uh, he and the evangelists, we saw people saved and Christians get right with the Lord as they ministered there uh, for the Lord. Now this young singer that I'm speaking of He's one of the ones, now there's actually two who is credited with writing, but this one is the one who is known for writing the song, Mary, Did You Know? And he was the young singer that my dog loved. And uh, now if you're watching today, brother, my dog's been in dog heaven for several years. So, well, there's no dog heaven, but my dog is gone and you're welcome to visit anytime you like. But God is, God is so good to us and and it's, it's something how that God has blessed that young man throughout the years. He's, he's been very successful. But the song says, Mary, did you know? Well, I'm here to tell you today that Mary knew. She knew who she had given birth to. She knew, and we know she knew because the Bible tells us so. The Bible tells us that Mary knew a lot of things. Now, she may not have known that Jesus would walk on the water, she may not have known that, uh, you know, many things within the life of Jesus 
But there are many things that Mary did know. The song, Mary, Did You Know, has become important to listeners, but not as important as what Mary, the mother of Jesus, said in the verses we read of. It's found in Luke chapter 1. Turn with me if you haven't already done so. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start reading with verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Now the woman that's spoken of here, her, in that last verse, of course, in verse 56, is speaking of Elizabeth. This would be John the Baptist's mother. She was carrying him in the womb at that time. This would be the same man who said that Jesus came after him, but he was also before him. He recognized that Jesus was the living God even before Jesus was born. And he knew who Jesus was. And he said at one time, he pointed, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now the focus of the text is praise to the coming King. Christmas is a special time to celebrate the birth of our Savior. The Christmas season is filled with songs that celebrate His coming. But none are more beautiful than Mary's words of praise that we've just read. And I pray that the Lord will speak to you as he has spoken to me as we consider Mary new. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for this privilege. Lord, I'm just a man. But Lord, you've looked down and you've told me to preach your word, to teach your word. And Lord, I, I'll do my best today, but Lord, without you, I am nothing. And I pray that your words would go forth with the power you've intended, that I would not be in the way. I pray that you would stay the hand of the devil today as we look into your word and we study your word about your son. Father, I thank you that you did send my Savior. I thank you, Lord, that one day I will see you and I will see my Savior personally. Thank you for dying, Lord. Thank you for rising from the grave and giving me eternal life. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, let's look at some of the things that Mary knew. Well, first of all, I see that Mary knew a personal Savior. This may surprise some people, but Mary needed a Savior. She praised the Lord for her salvation. Now, we've already read these verses, but I'm going to read some of them again. 
And you can read along if you're still there at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verses 46 and 47 says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. She was called of God to deliver the Lord into the world, but she was also in need of a Savior. Now, Mary was born in sin, and she did need a Savior, just as all of mankind needs a Savior today. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to uh, his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him, that's Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And I'm sure that Mary had lived her life in anticipation of the coming Messiah, and his coming was at hand. Now, every born-again believer has reason to rejoice, as Mary did, not, not in the same way, possibly, as being the mother of Jesus, but in the same way as uh, knowing Jesus as Savior. Now, as we celebrate Christmas this year, we can rejoice and, and praise God for the birth of Christ, our Redeemer. Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God confidently and continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And even Job himself, back in the Old Testament, Job said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job chapter 19, verse 25. You say, well, how did, how did Job know? Well, Job, I believe he knew Jesus. He knew how to be saved. He was a saved man. He said, my Redeemer liveth. Well, and we look back to Abraham. He said, you know, God said, uh, Abraham believed me, and I counted it for righteousness to him. Jesus Christ has been in the saving business all along. Some people just ignore that, and they go along their merry way without receiving him as Lord and Savior. Jesus has paid the price for your redemption, for my redemption. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. There is no other way to be saved today other than through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells me that I wasn't saved by the tradition of my fathers. Some people think because they were born and their father was a Christian or their mother was a Christian, grandpa, grandma, great-grandma, or whoever it was, they say, well, I came up in a Christian family and I'm saved. I believe I'm a Christian. I'm on my way to heaven. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not on your way to heaven. You need to trust him. It's a personal salvation that I'm speaking of today. Now, Christ has provided a means for our salvation. And because of his birth and his sacrifice, we have hope today. It's not a hope that I hope so. It's a surety. It's a hope that we know. And we've been pardoned from condemnation and promised a place in heaven. And there is no sweeter song than the song of the redeemed. And I pray you can say that today, that you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And what a privilege it is to be able to sing of my redemption. And there are times when it cannot 
it cannot be contained. I don't know about you, but there's times when I say, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Mary knew and proclaimed also the wonder and mercy of his grace. Luke chapter 1, verse 48. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, she said. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Well, the Lord had regarded her low estate according to that verse. He had looked upon her with favor and pity. Mary was overwhelmed that the Lord would come and, and bestow such an honor on such a lowly person. She hadn't earned it. She hadn't earned salvation. And she wasn't seeking his honor, but God gave it by his grace. Now, if you take time to reflect on the mercies of God, it will cause you to rejoice. How long has it been since you rejoiced, Christian? How long has it been since you rejoiced that Jesus Christ saved your soul? Well, I do it at Christmas. I do it at Easter. Well, you need to do it all the time according to the Word of God. We, we need to be a thankful people, and I believe that that is one reason that our country and this world's in the condition it is that Christians have let God down by not serving Him and not praising Him and bringing glory and honor to Him. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He knew me, but yet He loved me. Now, Mary knew real rejoicing. These were difficult days. And I'm sure there were those who whispered about her condition. Some church members are like that. They whisper behind people's backs. They say things that are unkind. And they really don't know what they're talking about. And I pray you're not one of those people. Please do not call dishonor and disgrace to our Lord. Please do not bring dishonor and disgrace upon the name of the Lord in this church. Listening by internet, live stream, wherever you're at. If you're a child of God and you know him as your savior, and you belong to a local Bible-believing, Bible-preaching local church, then you need to act like it and you need to live for the Lord and not be a backbiter not cause trouble in your local church, but pray for the people of that local church, pray for the pastor of the church, that God would touch that man and give him what he needs to give us what we need. Yeah. Now Mary was possibly treated harshly, but she knew that God had done a miraculous thing in her life. She knew of all the women in Israel, she had been chosen to be the mother of Christ. Can you imagine that? It would have been enough just to have the assurance of the coming Savior and the salvation that he brings. But God had done much more for her. She said in Luke 149, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And she knew that it was by grace that she had been saved through faith, and it wasn't of herself. It was a gift of God. 
The Bible says to us, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. 1 John 5.11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. His grace is far greater than any of us deserve. John chapter 1 and verse 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I pray you've believed on his name. I pray that you're saved today. As I consider the majesty of the birth of my Savior, I'm also reminded of the reward of his blessing. There isn't a day that goes by that the Lord doesn't send down his blessings. God loves us and continually reveals his love for us. Psalm chapter 68 and verse 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Aren't we a blessed people? Aren't we blessed of God? Has he not given us more, much more than we deserve? What reason do we have to be down? What reason do we have to complain? We have every reason to be joyful today that Jesus Christ has come into the world and he came to seek and to save those who were lost. He saved me one day because I trusted him as my Lord and Savior. Thank the Lord. Well, Mary knew a personal Savior, but Mary also knew a providential Savior. Mary rejoiced about her personal relationship with Jesus, her Savior. And she also rejoiced because Jesus was the hope of others. We think of this, the bondage of sin would soon be overcome and deliverance would be provided. The mercies of the Lord are everlasting. They're perpetual. Luke chapter 1 and verse 50 says, And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. God saves. God is saved through every generation. He's given people, men, women, boys, and girls, the opportunity to come to him, faith believing that he is God, that he is the Savior. And he's not going to stop. We live in a dark, sinful world. But the grace of God is still being offered to all who believe. He hasn't forsaken or skipped a generation, and he never will. Well, why is that? Well, the Bible tells me in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. He's always going to do what he's supposed to do, and that is to save sinners of whom I am chief. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Turn there with me if you would. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Some people sometimes get in their minds that they can't be saved. Some people get in their minds that there's too much to give up. Some people get in their minds several different ideas about going to heaven, about who Jesus is and uh, what there is about him and what there is about heaven. Uh, they also think, well, who am I? And as I thought this in my, my own self before I got saved, can God really save me? Can God take an old, rotten sinner like me and save me? 
Well, let me say that's the first step of realizing you're a dirty, rotten sinner, that you need a Savior, and that He is the one who can save anyone. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. All who come boldly, humbly, boldly. You say, well, how is that? Seems like a contrast. No, you come faith believing and you come humbly, humble yourself before God, realizing your need and accepting Christ's offer to be saved. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John chapter 1 and verse 12 again, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Salvation isn't reserved for those who are wealthy or poor or those who have influence. It's reserved for those who come with a genuine desire to know the Lord. The ground is level at Calvary. It makes no difference who a person is. Jesus is there for that person. We're not saved based on our merits or our worth. It is solely the gift of God. Now, I've read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, and I'm going to read verse 9 in a moment. Notice what verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, Not of works, lest any man should boast. If you die lost and go to hell, you will go there because you have refused the love of the Savior. There's many people today who think they can join a church just simply join a church and go to heaven. Well, let me say this, that if you are a child of God, you need to belong to a local church. You need to belong to a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching local church that preaches from the Word of God as it is to men as they are and to women. You need to belong to a local church that tells it like it is from the King James Bible, the God-breathed Word of God that stands up on God's Word and doesn't waver. I thank God for my preacher that he doesn't quit, that he doesn't stop preaching from the Word of God. He doesn't stop giving what God has given him so that we can get what God has given him for us. And we need to thank God for our pastor, our preacher. We need to pray for him. We need to pray for his wife. We need to pray for his family, that God keeps them healthy and that he saves those who are unsaved. We're reminded of our responsibility, personal responsibility, to God's merciful offer. Now you can have all the Lord that you want. For those who come hungry, they will be filled. God doesn't run out of blessings. He wants to bless everyone. He doesn't run out of salvation. He is salvation. Mary knew a personal savior. Mary knew a providential savior. But I'll have you know that Mary also knew the promised Messiah. One, you know, several verses of that song, uh, questions are asked, Mary, did you know, and uh, did, did you know this, did you know that, did you know about that you're looking in the face of the great I am? Sure she did. How did she know? She knew from the word of God. She knew because the angel had told her that you're going to bear a son and he's going to call his name Jesus. He's going to save his people. 
Mary knew about the promised Messiah. Mary praises God for sending his son and for the promises that he made to Israel. Promises would be fulfilled through Emmanuel, God with us, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 1, verses 54 through 55 of our text, it says, He hath hope, and that means he, he took hold, he's taken hold. He supported his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed. His servant Israel in remembrance. Israel had turned, they, they turned their backs on, uh, on God over and over and over again. Even today, their backs are turned on God on Jesus Christ, but it says in that verse, in remembrance of his mercy. God has mercy on that country. That is God's people. And you and I as God's people, we need to pray for the people of Israel. We need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that these people will be protected, that God's hand will continually stay on them and protect them from all harm. And might I say that we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in churches that are starting to stand up against Israel. And there are those. We need to stand for God. And as we do that, we need to stand for Israel, not like some of the people in this country in elected, the elected officials are starting to turn their back. And that's sad. That's sad that that's, that's happening right now out of our government, out of Washington. You may not realize it or not, but our government is twisting, is turning. And we need to pray that they get back to where they're supposed to be and support Israel 100%. Quit trying to tell Israel how to run their business when we need to be taking care of our own business. Now, God wants us to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world, but he wants us to hold Israel up because they are his people. Why? They turned their backs on him because of his mercy. In remembrance, he says, I remember. God said that. In remembrance of his mercy, he's doing that. For centuries, the Jews had longed for the Messiah. They had endured the difficulties that came upon them. They looked for the one who would redeem them and restore what sin had lost. Now, the coming of the king was the hope of all generations. The Messiah had come. He was born, but the Jews denied him. They continue to seek him today, but Jesus has come. He has fulfilled the plan of redemption, and there is no need to look for another. He lives. Now, many rejoiced. Mary rejoiced, and many rejoiced. Mary rejoiced because God had not forsaken Israel. The Lord had kept his word to bless his people. They're still God's people. He will one day restore Israel unto himself. And you and I can rejoice because of God's faithfulness. And you say, well, why is that? I'm glad you asked that. Because 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, uh, chapter 3 and verse 9 says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now the word all, in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, included Mary. She knew she needed a savior. 
she knew that the Savior was her son, Jesus Christ. Now, we've read these verses, but I'm going to read them again. Luke 1, verses 46 through 48. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Who's the Lord? It's her son. And my spirit hath rejoiced in my God, my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Well, why should all generations call Mary blessed? She's called blessed because she gave birth to the man, Christ Jesus, the Savior of all who will come to him. She is not the mother of God. She is the mother of my Savior. Now, Christ has promised that he will come again and receive us unto himself. He's promised a place in heaven where we shall live forever. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And he says in John 14, 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Now, the safe people seated out here, your place is not ready yet. It's not ready. You say, well, how do you know? Because you're still here. When your place is ready, when my place is ready, Jesus is coming for us. He, he, said, he said that where I am, there you may be also. He said, I'm coming again and receive you unto myself. Now, if the breath of life leaves you today, Jesus is coming for you. He's going to get you. Your place is ready in heaven waiting at that time. If the rapture takes place right now, we're all going to go up, those of us who are saved. Our place will be ready because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and I'm coming back for you. Christmas. Christmas should stand as a reminder of the faithfulness of God. Now, saved person, you may be in turmoil today. I don't know your life. You may feel as if God has forgotten you. But he's always on your side. Don't you forget that. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest by the, through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. There is nothing that God's children face alone. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Now, God is faithful to us. Are we faithful to him? Are we serving him to our fullest? We need to give it our all. We need to give it to the Lord Jesus Christ because he first loved us. He came. He was born of a virgin. He was laid in that, little, in that manger, a place where the animals would eat, I'm told. He laid there. Mary looked at him. And I believe with all of my heart, she knew she was looking into the face of God because she was told in the scriptures. Oh, well, she had the scriptures that told her that. She knew by the grace of God that he had chosen her to bring the Savior into the world. I'd like for us to consider one other thing before we close. Mary knew a lot more than what the song 
you know, it says, Mary, did you know? She knew a lot. But something else I'd like for us to consider. When looking at the scripture, now we know that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He, he lived a sinless, perfect life. We know that he, he grew, he, he lived that life. There came a time when he was crucified. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. He died. He was buried. But he rose again. But there's something else. When looking into the scripture about the resurrection of Christ, women came to the tomb where Jesus' body had been placed. You've probably read that. Well, not among those women, as far as I can find, as far as I can see, not among those women was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary did not go to the tomb. Well, why is that? I'm going to tell you. Because Mary knew. Mary knew. She said as Job, I'm, I believe that she could say this, for I know my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. She knew. Psalm 16.10 says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. She knew. Jesus spoke these words before he was ever born. God is not going to leave my soul in hell. God is going to raise thee. I'm God. Mary knew Jesus was alive because she believed God. And I pray that you know Jesus today. You can know redemption today by knowing Jesus Christ as Savior, just as Mary knew. Christmas is a time of rejoicing and abundance. Or it can be a time of rejection and emptiness. You must decide which it will be for you. Christmas is a celebration of our Savior's birth and the hope that he brings. When you go into a store or you speak to someone and they say happy holidays to you, I pray that you look at them and say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And if the Lord so instructs you to do, tell them about your Savior. Tell them the reason for Christmas. If Christ is not your Savior, you can't celebrate Christmas. Why not come today and know Jesus as your Savior? Mary knew. Let's pray.